the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Do you wish to be well? Yes. Okay. If you wish to be well, are you willing to deny yourself? Because if you choose to save your life, you'll lose it. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today's Core Truth, we are picking up in our study in John chapter 5 in a message titled, Wishing to be Well, Part 2. We should never ever as believers ever lose our hope no matter what's happening around us because hope is defined as believing something is going to happen and when you're a believer something could happen things could change it could happen instantly it can just happen out of nowhere it's a desire that's accompanied by expectation is what hope is and for us as true christians we base our hope on what the economy on, 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 on some elected official? No, we base our hope on the eternal God, the creator of everything seen and unseen. That's why we must totally surrender to him. We must surrender what our desires and thoughts are. You know, sometimes we push and we push and we push to go a certain direction in life. And we're so frustrated because I can't get any further in this direction. Have you ever thought, just another thought here, have you ever thought that maybe you're going in the wrong direction? If every time you're hitting a closed door and it's locked and bolted and you keep battering against it and beating yourself against it, have you ever thought that maybe, just maybe, you're going on the wrong path? And maybe God's trying to keep you from even further hardship and pain? Just a thought, throwing it out there. Which brings up our point, the sound of hope. Let's read what it says here, picking up in verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there, notice Jesus saw him. Sometimes we don't think Jesus sees us. Oh, trust me, he sees us. Jesus saw him lying there and he knew that he had already been there a long time in that condition. And he said to him, do you wish to get well? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Someone's always taking cuts. You know, hey, excuse me, that's my blessing. Yeah, you ever have someone share something with you? Oh, I just want a new car. I just want this. I just want that. That's my blessing. You took my blessing, okay? You took cuts on me, okay? It's like you took what was supposed to be mine. Yes, Jesus saw, though, this man. He saw him, and he knew he had been there a long time. He knew exactly how long he had been there, 38 years. Jesus knew this man existed. He looked at him. Maybe it could be better said, Jesus looked right through him. Jesus knew everything about him, just like he knows everything about us. Put yourself in this man's shoes. This man who's been left alone, 
to fend for himself. This man who's been plagued with his many issues. This man who thought nobody else cares about me on this planet. My family has abandoned me and even God has abandoned me. Maybe he thought after 38 years of his own personal misery that God didn't even exist anyway. There is no God. You ever talk to people that are bitter like that? Don't tell me there's a God because some hardship or tragedy has hit that family and they're just, there is no God. And they're just bitter. They don't even want to talk. They shut you down immediately. I wonder if there's anyone here that might feel the same way. You've been kicked to the curb. You've been let down by this world. Maybe some have found success so outwardly. Maybe, you know, outwardly you're successful, yet inwardly you feel empty like there's still something missing. Yet still, there might be others here today that have simply had nothing but letdowns in their life. Your life could be explained like one step forward and two steps back. Maybe you, like this man, have no one to help you. Well, whatever the case, Jesus asked this man the same question that he's going to ask every single one of us here today. It's the same question. So this man gets the question that you and me get here today. And what's that? Do you wish to be well? I mean, what kind of a question is that? I mean, I wonder what this man was really thinking when those words rolled off of Jesus' lips. What was he thinking when he first heard it? Oh, no, no, of course I don't. Like I've been sitting by this pool for almost four decades now. And no, I don't wish to be well. I mean, I'm sure he was saying, of course I wish to be well. Why are you asking me a question like that? But is it really that crazy of a question? Is it really that moronic of a question? We must understand not all people want to get better. Consider the alcoholic, his family is in pieces, yet he stays out every night with his buddies drinking. Then he comes home and he abuses his wife. Or the drug addict that will beg and borrow and steal from every loved one that he has to continue his habits. Or what about the person that safeguards their own little vices inside, no matter who it hurts? How, and who does it hurt the most? It hurts them in the long run. You know, my brother, my only brother passed away about 12 years ago, maybe a little more than that now. But anyway, it's like I, I watched my brother. It's like it was so weird, kind of ironic, really. It's like uh, he dropped out of high school in the ninth grade. He ran away. We had other family members on my dad's side that lived in Kansas, so he ran back there. Uh, after he burned all the bridges there with them, and they were kind of sick of him, somehow he moved in with a family at about, you know, whatever, 14 years old. And so he moves in with them, and uh, and he gets saved. It's a Christian family. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he comes back, which puts me at, you know, uh, you know, however old I was, you know, like 11 or 12 or whatever. I don't know what I was. He Well, he's three years older than me. So maybe he was 15 by the time he got back. So I guess I was 12 at that point. And it's like, so he starts telling me about Jesus. He's got a Bible. And I'm just like, man, you're a Jesus freak. You know, it's like, I just totally blew him off. I didn't want to hear that. And it's like, you know, so I just, you know, totally blew it off. And, you know, he was there and he was, uh, you know, just living this godly life. But then he started hanging out with the guy up the street and got back into trouble, fell away from the Lord. And then, you know, then just kind of went down a whole wrong path. 
Then, of course, I met my wife. We got married, and, you know, we're, you know I, got, I was saved, and my wife was saved, and we started ministering to him and his wife, and then they ended up giving their life back to Christ. We bought them Bibles. They started going to harvest with us for a short time, and then, but then he kind of fell away from that. And, but my brother was like an entrepreneur. I mean, he would, he would just, he would have businesses, and he would start businesses, and they'd become very successful. And then it seemed like once they got really rolling well, and he started really making good money, he just had this this thing where he would just go into a train wreck. He'd just jump off the rails and then he would lose everything. And then it, this cycle just continued to happen in his life until he ended up just dying and just kind of losing the battle with all these areas of sin in his life. And it was just so sad. It's like, hey, do you wish to be well? Do you want to get better? Do you want to get out of this rut? Do you want to get yourself out of this grand canyon of misery that you've been living in? It's like most people would say yes. But are you willing to change? Are you willing to be different? Listen, most people, when they hit rock bottom, they're open to Jesus. Oh, it's like, man, I have nowhere else to turn. It's been said there's no atheists in foxholes. Listen, you can be the biggest atheist in the world, and when the bombs are going off around you and you look like you're going to die, you're not crying out to Buddha. Oh, Buddha. You know, it's like you're crying out to God because you know. It's like that's the only one that can save you. But how many people will stay with Jesus When they realize what Jesus requires. See, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone wishes to come after me, you have to deny yourself. Take up the cross and follow me. Because if you choose to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you'll find it. What does a man or a woman prosper? What do you profit by gaining the whole world if you yet lose or forfeit your own soul? So what if you were to get everything you could ever dream of, have everything that money could buy, have fame, fortune, everything, but you forfeit your own soul so that when you die, you go straight into a place of eternal torment separated from God. What do you gain? Because you can take nothing with you. People try, but you can't. One guy was buried in his classic car. It's like, well, what a waste of a car. <laughs> it's like, you know, you dig a big old hole and bury me in my car. You, you, you don't see a U-Haul attached to a, a hearse driving down the street. You know, you can't take it with you. Yes, I want my pool. It's a big trailer. I want my house. I want my, you know, I want all this. No, when you die, it's over. As you know, my mom passed away, so my sister and myself, my two oldest daughters, uh, you know, her daughters were there. We, we, it was like work, because we had to go through all of her stuff, and I could see things that, you know, maybe were precious to my mom that she kept, and, but, you know, we're just like, well, it's, it's trash now. I mean, it's like, because everything had to be gone through. We had to get rid of everything. You can burn trash in West Virginia. We had a three-day-long trash fire going out there. It's like, yeah, that's nice. Huh, into the flames. I mean, it's like, there's just you, nothing can be saved. You can take nothing with you. And Jesus said, so if you choose to save your life, you'll lose it. Because if you come after me, you have to deny yourself. See, are people really willing to deny that themselves? Because the question comes back to, let's not forget the topic here. Do you wish to be well? Yes. Okay. If you wish to be well, are you willing to deny yourself? Because if you choose to save your life, you'll lose it. If you save your aspirations, your desires, and what you want to do over God's, you'll lose your life. Do you wish to be well? Oh, well, if you deny yourself, if you deny your aspirations, your desires, then you'll find life. Do you wish to be well? That's the question. I wonder if there's any riffraff in your life. 
something that you know is wrong, some vice that is wreaking havoc in your soul. Again, do you wish to be well? You have to let the riffraff go. You have to let that vice that has come and become like a ball and chain on you. You have to be willing to let it go. You have to be willing to repent. Maybe you're living in a lifestyle that is sinful and wrong. Yes, but everyone's doing it because we live in California and everyone does everything here. Don't judge me, bro. Okay. But if you're living in sin, I don't care who you are. It's like if you're living in sin, the blessings of God are not going to follow you. Not going to happen. But I've given my life to Jesus. Well, what Jesus have you given it to? Because you must deny yourself. You must deny that, that lustful desire inside for whatever that thing is inside of you. Do you wish to be well or not? Is the question. If you wish to be well, then you must repent of that area. That means you must turn away from that area and truly follow the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus of, oh, he loves me however I am. I just do whatever I want and he loves me. No, no, not going to happen. It's not like that. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, but you will not have the blessings of God. It's not going to happen, but you have to let those things go no matter what the cost. So are we willing to do that? Look, God is not asking us to do anything that he's not asking someone else to do. He's not asking you to do something he's not asking me to do or any other person that you see sitting in here that has chosen to follow him. Yes, it's a choice to be made. And only we can make that choice. Do you wish to be well? Because if you do, you have to follow him. But when we do and we say yes, That's what unleashes the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. And that's what we need to change inside of us. That's what happens when the status quo can get tossed out the window, when the Holy Spirit of God is given free reign to move inside of us. That's when God can change us from the inside out. He can work in the midst of our deepest sorrows. He can stir up a richness of joy in us. Out of all of the bitterness that we've had for so long, when we choose to be well, all of a sudden, he can just now allow sweetness to flow through our soul. Our tears that have just caused so much pain in our lives can now become windows into heaven. Yes, the deeper we truly desire to follow him will mean the higher we will rise in this life. Yes, we were created to know God. We were created to have a relationship with him. We were created for a real purpose in this life. We were created to be used by God, to be vessels of honor, to be vessels of hope to those that walk alongside of us. There is a reason why you exist today. And if you haven't heard this lately, let me be the first one to tell you that there is a God in heaven and that he not only loves you, but he cares about you and the life that you're living now. And he has a purpose and a plan for you specifically in this life, which brings up our final point, the reality of hope. Let's read here, picking up in chapter five, verse eight. Jesus said to him, arise, take up your pallet or your bed and walk. And immediately the man became well and he took up his pallet or his bed and he began to walk. Did you notice that? Immediately. 
immediately. Once he understood, do you wish to be well? I mean, I'm sure there was a pause. Like, you have to think about this. Do you really want to get well? Do you want to stay in the pit of misery that you're in today? Or do you want to get well? Are you willing to change your lifestyle? Jesus said to him, take up your bed and walk. It's like, what? Take up my bed? I was just giving you all my excuses that there's no one to help me get into the water when the water is stirred. I wonder if we do the same thing as we make excuses of all the reasons why we stay in our ruts. I kind of gotten used to the quicksand. I like in the midst of sinking in the quicksand because we never change the issues that get us into the ruts. Understand, it's not just those who are barely scraping by that are in a rut. It's not just those like, oh, geez, I, I, I barely have enough to pay our rent. I'm, I'm just barely getting by. I'm in my rut. No, it's anybody rich or poor that finds himself empty on the inside. If we could find peace and happiness with fame and fortune, then why is the West Side, Beverly Hills, Hollywood, why, why is so many people messed up here? Why do so few marriages stay together? Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris called it quits. Nicholas Cage's last marriage, what, lasted three days in Vegas, you know? Uh, Adele just bailed on her two-year marriage. She was with that guy for like seven years. And many leave their fiancés before they even get to the altar. Lady Gaga left her fiancé. She said, well, you know, there's no story here. It just didn't work. Whatever. Another one bites the dust, I guess. Just didn't work out. Ryan Seacrest, he's single again, coming out of his three-year relationship with Shayna Taylor. It's like, oh, it didn't work out. The list seems to be endless here in Hollywood. I'm sure they're looking for the same thing all people are looking for, right? Aren't they looking for the same thing as us? Lasting satisfaction, yet it will never be found in a relationship here on this earth. It will never be found with more fame. It will never be found with coming into some kind of huge wealth. Because if those things could satisfy, then people acquiring them would be satisfied, right? But they're not. But here's the good news. Jesus not only had the answer for this man sitting by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, but he also has the right answer for each and every one of us here today. But is there anyone here that wishes to be well? I wonder, does anyone here today wish to be well? Then take up your bed and walk. Get up from your problem. Get up from your vice. I have given the Holy Spirit to actually dwell inside of you. The power to become more than you could ever be on your own dwells with inside of you. Greater is he inside you than he that is in the world. Every opposition, everyone that can stand against you. He says, take up your bed and walk. Take it up. Move. Some of you have ginormous problems and issues, and you might be thinking, well, that's easier said than done. Really? Is it? Is it that much harder? Don't miss the little subnote here. The calling of God will always, always be followed by the enabling of God. When God calls us to get up, God will enable us to move. See, he could have said, go get up your, get up and move. And the guy, wait a minute, I've been paralyzed here. I can't move. I haven't been able to walk. 
But he enabled him to walk. He gave him the strength to walk. So the calling of God, when he says, do you wish to be well? If you say yes, he's given you the enabling that's already in you. It's the Holy Spirit, the peace of God himself living inside of you to give you the strength to move. So when you've got the ball and chain of the vice wrapped around you and you've been dragging that thing around, he says, you have the key in your pocket. Let loose the vice. Is it going to be easy? Of course not. It's going to be a battle. When you rise up and say, I'm going to live that way for Christ, Satan's going to rise up and say, I'm going to oppose you. And the temptation, everything's going to come. But like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you, which is common to man. But within that temptation, God will give you a way of escape. There is always a way of escape. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You're going to have to do what again? What did he say? Deny yourself. But it's so hard. Yes, it is hard. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yes, and when we, by faith, reach out and accept God's merciful provision, then we will embrace the reality of hope. And then all of a sudden you realize, wow, I can stand against this temptation in my life. I can say no. And this man who had been in misery for 38 years, again, he was immediately healed. He took up his bed. That which used to carry him, he is now carrying in total victory. Listen to what the psalmist had to say about afflictions in his life. So here's King David, and this is what he had to say about afflictions. In Psalm 119, in verse 67, he says this, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Man, when my life was on cruise control, when I was living on the gravy train, when I was making good money and everything was good and easy around me, he says, I went astray. I, I, I just, I left the Lord. It's like he blessed me. I became king. I had multiple wives. I was doing all this stuff, which was sinful and wrong. And he got away with it for so long that it's like he, everything was great. Then he says, but now I keep your word. It was good for me that I was afflicted. God took him to the woodshed. He got a spanking. Oh, we can't spank our kids. It's not right. Uh, what? Hello? God disciplines those whom he loves. Parents discipline their children's Why? Because you hate them? No, because you love them. The Bible says if you don't discipline your children, you hate them. God does not hate us. Therefore, he will discipline us. I wonder if some of the hardship in your life is brought on by the way some of us are living, maybe. David says in verse 71 of Psalm 119, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. But Lord, you pulled me out of this mess. God, you gave me the ability. Remember, the very thing that you think will break you, crush you, grind you to powder, are the things that God uses to make and mold us into who he desires us to be. You know, we look at hardship, we think, oh, I don't want hardship, I don't want hardship. You will never be closer to God than when you're in the midst of hardship. Ever, ever, ever. Because why? You have nowhere else to turn. He's your only source of hope. He's the only one that's, putting you, that's given you a lifeline to grab onto. And that's where you find the closest with the Lord. Yes, there is hope that can resonate at the very core of every true believer. And that hope is the ingredient that when energized by faith, 
It can change the course and the direction of our lives. Understand, faith does not rest on what it sees. Faith hopes in what it doesn't see. And this man realized true hope and he rose to his feet. He was healed of his affliction. I wonder if there are any here today that wish to be well. Listen, we've all been diagnosed with a terminal disease. It's called sin. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Sin means you miss the mark. You miss the high calling of God. Every one of us, obviously some sin a little bit more than others, but we've all sinned. He says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. That's the curse on humanity. Everyone dies. He says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The free gift of God. Do you wish to be well? Jesus is saying to you, then be well, my friend. That's all the time we have for our message. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.